Hello. Hey, Daniel. It's, uh, it's me. Daniel. What's up? How you doing, buddy? Tired. Okay, well, we, we need to get this podcast episode uploaded. Shit, is that today? That was months ago, Daniel. Remember how we wanted to do a full episode each month this year? Well, the last one was the Gravity episode in January. We need to get moving on this. That's not true. I really I did the episode about the black hole image. That was a mini episode, Daniel. You don't get money for that. You, your patrons only pay for full episodes. Yeah, but still. Look, I know things have been busy ever since you started working again. I'm a physicist. You have a bachelor's degree in physics, but you work in production. You make toilet seats for a living. Toilet seats for airplanes. <sighs> Whatever. Come on, let's let's get to work on this. What time is it? It's like four o'clock in the afternoon. Why? Wait. Are you are you in bed right now? No. Yes, you are. I. This is a studio apartment. I can see you. Yeah. Why didn't I hear your phone ring? It's been on silent for a few years. That explains why I can never get a hold of you. The ringing scares me. Can we please work on the episode? I have the microphone set up, the script is done, you just have to read it. <laughs> Honestly, if you spent less time on this bit, you could have been done by now. Uncertainty Principle is supported in its entirety by you, the listener. The podcast has gained the support of Michael and Miranda Farnbrook, Keeley Wright Ogren, and Frank Tippin, who has actually been a patron for a while, but I don't think I gave him a shout-out in any of the past episodes. So here it is. The show also gained a one-time donation through PayPal from Antonio Sacre. If you'd like to join them and others by supporting the show, you can go to patreon.com slash uncertaintyprinciple or check out the PayPal link in the description below. Okay, I've got one. They say that NASA hired the filmmaker Stanley Kubrick to fake the Apollo 11 moon landing because of how well he did on the 1968 film 2001 A Space Odyssey. So he accepted. But Kubrick is such a perfectionist that he demanded they film on location. You're listening to Uncertainty Principle, the podcast. I've made it no secret on this podcast that one of my favorite science fiction movies is Christopher Nolan's Interstellar, and I particularly love the dialogue in this scene where Cooper meets with teachers from his daughter Murph's school about her behavior. You don't believe we went to the moon? I believe it was a brilliant piece of propaganda that the Soviets bankrupted themselves, pouring resources into rockets and other useless machines. Useless machines. And if we don't want a repeat of the excess and wastefulness of the 20th century, then we need to teach our kids about this planet, not tales of leaving it. You know, one of those useless machines they used to make was called an MRI. And if we had any of those left, the doctors would have been able to find the cyst in my wife's brain before she died instead of afterwards. Then she'd have been the one sitting there listening to this instead of me, which had been a good thing because she was always the, the calmer one. Cooper is a pilot and engineer, and as a prime example of art imitating life, you will rarely find someone with a technical or scientific background that doubts the Apollo moon landings occurred. 
Among the general public, however, this is a different story. Polls give varying figures, but between 6 and 20% of the U.S. may be skeptical of the moon landings. Why is this the case? One idea I came across is that belief in conspiracy theories is not the fault of the conspiracy theorist, but of the educator. As an example, consider the Flat Earth movement that has gained momentum recently. As much as 2% of people might believe the Earth is flat. Think about the way we are taught the Earth is round in our upcoming years. The only evidence we need be shown are photographs of Earth from space, and that settles it. But aside from those photos, how do you really know the Earth is round? Not everyone has an answer. Before space travel, we would be taught many answers to the question of the Earth's shape. But after World War II and the space race, we didn't need to waste time in the classroom on these other proofs. So, when someone grows up to become overly skeptical, especially of the government, they may look at quote-unquote proofs that the Earth is flat and not be able to refute them. It then becomes a problem of how they were educated. It could be similar with the Apollo missions, where people lack the knowledge to refute claims or to explain apparent anomalies. The problem is that when conspiracy theorists ask questions, they do not pause to wait for an answer. They ask a question with an assumption that the answer is, it was all a hoax. When conspiracy theorists speak with such certainty, it may be easy for people that have simply taken in information their whole lives to exchange one truth for another. So was the moon landing faked? Let's look at it scientifically. Hypothesis. The moon landing missions of NASA's Apollo program occurred as described, and the missions would have been infeasible to fake if not totally impossible. We start with this as our hypothesis because good science finds ways to disprove the initial hypothesis. If the hypothesis is disproven, then we adapt the hypothesis. If not, then the hypothesis stands. Luckily, we have plenty of claims counter to our hypothesis from conspiracy theorists. So let's look at them objectively and see if they stand as reliable refutations. First, let's examine how the refutations got started. Popularity with the idea of a faked moon landing may have begun with the publication in 1975 of the book We Never Went to the Moon, America's $30 Billion Swindle by former U.S. Navy officer Bill Casing. The timeline of this was initially surprising to me because, as you will remember in the UFO episode, Roswell did not become a proper conspiracy hub until 30 years later. However, consider that the Roswell incident was not a widely publicized event like the moon landing. What also begs consideration is that the first Roswell conspiracy book and Casings book published within a few years of each other. This coincides with a notable political event in the early 1970s the Watergate scandal. It could be that the scandal indirectly contributed to acceptance of this and other conspiracy theories by creating a public distrust in the U.S. government. The government does keep secrets, we know this, but could they keep a secret as big as an elaborately faked lunar program? So on to evidence. If there was something that could make the lunar missions altogether impossible, stopping them in their tracks, then we could disprove the hypothesis. Enter the Van Allen radiation belt. This is something brought up again and again by moon landing hoaxers as well as flat earthers. 
The Van Allen Belt is a very real area of high radiation surrounding the Earth at very high altitudes, higher than that of the International Space Station, and lies between us and the Moon. The argument is that the Apollo spacecraft lacked the shielding necessary to protect astronauts from radiation, making a lunar mission impossible. Deniers will often cite a particular video where Kelly Smith, a NASA employee, talks about challenges facing the in-development Orion program. As we get further away from Earth, we'll pass through the Van Allen belts, an area of dangerous radiation. Radiation like this could harm the guidance systems, onboard computers, or other electronics on Orion. Naturally, we have to pass through this danger zone twice, once up and once back. Is this a NASA admission of guilt? Supposedly, we don't have the technology to send spacecraft through the Van Allen belt safely, but we did it during Apollo, so why can't we now? Well, pay attention to exactly what Kelly says in that clip. There's no presence of concern for the safety of the astronauts themselves, but of the onboard electronics. Since Apollo, technology has advanced quite a bit, and modern computers use microelectronics. Modern electrical systems that NASA uses are more susceptible to damage from radiation, and when these computers stand between life and death on a piloted space mission, there is no room for error. The Apollo onboard systems were much less complex, so this issue would not have been present. But what about the pilots themselves? Could they have survived the harsh radiation of the Van Allen belt? Well, yes. Even James Van Allen, the scientist who discovered the radiation belt, agrees. You'd think if anyone were to point out the dangers, it would be him. Now, that doesn't mean the astronauts didn't absorb any radiation. They did, but it was well within survivability. The moon missions passed through the inner radiation belt, the most dangerous one, in only minutes due to the velocity and trajectory of the spacecraft. So we can't seem to use this as evidence against the moon landing. If you are unconvinced about this particular topic, I would suggest a YouTube video by Vintage Space that goes into more detail. There's a link in the description. So, without this evidence, that many moon landing hoaxers incorrectly assume to be damning, what else can we rely on? Those that deny the moon landing have many objections related to the massive quantities of images taken during the moon missions, particularly those taken on the lunar surface. Let's examine a few of the more infamous ones and see if we can find something there. Since this is an audio program, I will provide links in the description to specific images I refer to. Let's start simple. Deniers will be quick to point out the absence of stars in any of the images taken on the lunar surface. They claim that if NASA were to include them, any well-read astronomer would be able to cross-reference the stellar positions and see that they don't match up with the alleged landing spot. This seems like a pretty flimsy argument considering NASA is a space organization and could have easily added stars to the photos in their correct positions. Moreover, as any student of photography, myself included, will tell you, the presence of stars would be a huge red flag that the photos were doctored. Distant stars are very dim objects compared to what we normally photograph, and require many seconds of exposure time, or a very sensitive camera to resolve an image. Try for yourself. Take your smartphone or a camera outside at night and try to photograph the stars. 
In order for the astronauts to photograph the stars, that would require overexposure of what they were actually there to photograph, the lunar surface. Moving on, there is a famous image taken by Neil Armstrong of Buzz Aldrin descending the lunar module onto the moon's surface. What deniers claim is wrong about this image is that Aldrin is clearly visible despite being in the module's shadow. No doubt shadows are much darker on the moon without an atmosphere to scatter daytime light, but the sun is not the only light source. Another source is the lunar surface itself. When we look up at night, we see that the moon is very bright. And this is because lunar dust has a very high albedo, which is a measure of how much light a surface reflects. This reflective light acts as a secondary source of light on Aldrin, and this is something that has been debunked many times. In the description, I'll link to a Mythbusters clip where they address this, as well as an IGN talk that shows how reflectivity would work in this way. Another image is the infamous Prop Rock. This image is brought up because there appears to be a letter C on one of the foreground lunar rocks. This points, hoaxers claim, to the moon landing having been faked on a set. The problem with this is that subsequent photos taken immediately after show the same rock without the supposed letter. How could this be? Well, anytime we see images from the Apollo missions, we are not seeing the original film negative, but a digital copy of scans taken of the negatives. If any foreign object or debris, such as a piece of dirt or an eyelash, were present when the scans were made, they will show up as part of the photo. In later scans of the same image, the letter C is not present, as if it never really was a part of the image. A conspiracist may be quick to rebut, claiming NASA altered the photo, later realizing their mistake. But they can offer no evidence of this hypothesis, and ignore the letter not showing up in other photos taken of the same rock at different times. Simply shouting Photoshop allows you to deny any visually recorded reality, no matter how mundane. A small hair in the scan is a much simpler explanation than an entirely faked moon mission. I'm stopping with images here for brevity, because there are a large number of claims of photographic trickery that I have found unconvincing. Moon landing deniers are doing what the blog Exposing Pseudo-Astronomy calls anomaly hunting. They look for something they don't understand, that seems out of the ordinary, and point to the Apollo program as a whole being fraud. This is not the way to objectively approach research with an open mind, we should see something strange, like an odd shadow, and ask ourselves, what could be causing that? What's the simplest explanation? Instead, deniers see anomalies as validation of their convictions. You can't prove one image is fake to draw into question the moon landings. You have to prove each and every one of them are fake. And even then, it proves nothing except that NASA produced fake images, as long as the other independent evidence is valid. Now, an obvious piece of evidence would be a whistleblower. With the sheer number of people, facilities, and documents involved, we must have had a person come forward that would call out NASA and the US government by now. But despite all those involved, no one has stepped up, including the astronauts. In 2002, Buzz Aldrin was confronted by moon landing denier Bart Sabrell, and there is a pretty interesting video of the exchange. You're the one who said you walked on the moon when you didn't. Calling the kettle black if I ever thought of it. Saying Will I you misrepresented get it myself. Away from me. You're a coward and a liar and a thief. 
That sound you hear at the end is Aldrin punching Sabrell for berating him. Who wouldn't be annoyed, frustrated, even angry after participating in one of the greatest technological achievements of human history, only to be harassed by people with unreasonable doubt? But maybe we do have a whistleblower. The man himself, Stanley Kubrick. There is a video out there that claims to be an interview with the famed director shortly before his death, admitting to filming the moon landing. Went into it like it was a regular film, like a, 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 another production of mine. Um, not thinking too much about uh, the long-term effects, the, 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 what it would mean uh, to to society if ever if it was ever discovered mm -hmm. um but what, what are you talking about i don't even know what you're talking about you're the, referring to something the, the the moon the fake moon landing the room the, the rumor about the fake moon landing you're saying is not a rumor or not uh, um, is not an urban legend it's, you're saying it's true it, yes I, i'm sorry i thought you knew that <laughs> but, I, I no i didn't i mean i've heard it like anyone else has yeah. heard it but you uh, oh, okay. yeah, it was, it was fake. Wait, wait, okay. So what's wrong with this? Well, there is more of the video where the filmmaker is giving direction to the actor portraying Stanley Kubrick. So he says to me, you don't say he said anything. You say what he says, okay? That's all, Tom, I'm just giving you a good direction. Right, you want me Everything to... about, you know, I walked in you and he said You want me to say this. it as him or I, do you want You don't have to, to imitate him, but you have to say, he says, Stanley, we've worked so on this moon program. You're not he... saying what he said. You're not reporting it. You're... I'm repeating saying it. it as Nixon. You're repeating it in a storytelling way. All right. So I go to this floor, and she goes, okay. Nixon. This shows the clip is not genuine and cannot be used to place Kubrick at the scene of the crime. This also troubles me as a fan of Kubrick's work. He was an artist and created his films as an artist. It seems both unlikely that the U.S. government would bring an artist on to direct a technical film such as a hyper-realistic moon landing, and that Kubrick, had he been approached about such a film, would agree to participating. There would be no room for creative interpretation or the sort of cinematography for which Kubrick is known. It would be top secret and no one would ever know he was the creator. No evidence exists that Kubrick directed a fake moon landing, and it's laughable that he would ever agree to such a project. I know conspiracists will be quick to point out supposed hints in The Shining, but if you think something like Danny Torrance's Apollo 11 sweater counts as evidence, then we really aren't even having the same conversation, are we? Conspiracists are hunting for Easter eggs during Christmas. If a fake moon landing film needed a director, it would be someone with a technical background, someone that would look at how to make it convincing, make sure all the scientific details were accurate, not someone looking to bring a creative vision to screen. 2001 A Space Odyssey did have some degree of scientific accuracy to it, but if you take a fine lens to the film in the same way that conspiracists look at the moon landing footage, you will see that it was made with art in mind not technicality, and would be a poor resume for the job of fake moon landing director. I'm going to stop there with looking at evidence for the moon landing hoax hypothesis. There is much more, but at the end of the day, it's all pretty much the same thing, debunking misunderstandings of apparent anomalies. I remain unconvinced that the moon landings or any of the Apollo missions were faked, 
But maybe that's just because I have the technical background to address these questions. If you hear something fishy, use a healthy level of skepticism and look it up, because pretty much anything and everything brought up by hoaxers has been addressed over and over again. In the age of the internet, answers are never far off, unless you pick and choose ignoring good evidence for bad evidence. So I'll leave you with two pieces of evidence that convince me we went to the moon. When astronauts landed, they left retroreflectors on the lunar surface. Observatories fire laser pulses at these reflectors and measure the return time to determine lunar distance. Had we never gone to the moon, these reflectors wouldn't be there. Second, look at footage of any of the missions and look at dust that gets kicked up by astronauts or by rovers. With a little bit of physics, the parabolic arcs of the dust shows that the footage could not have been filmed in Earth gravity and also that it must have been filmed in a vacuum. I'm Daniel James Barker. Keep exploring.